morning, and I, I always have to come up with a title or something when I put it on. Now, I think I have spoke on what I want to talk to us about this morning before, and I don't want to duplicate the title, so I came up with a brand new one called 2022. I know I have never spoke on 2022 before. Amen? So if you will, you want to follow along in your Bibles. Now, I'm not going to use the King James Version today. I'm going to use what I call the everyday. And Mike, I think, said he has two or three different versions of even the everyday. So if there's a word or two that I say different than what you see, um, the meaning behind it should all be the same. But uh, there are different versions of different things. And I think this, this particular version on this particular subject makes it easier to understand than some of the words that the King James Version uses on this, this uh, particular topic. So I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. That's why I wanted you to get your... And you can write down the scriptures. There'll only be a few, very few. But if you want to go home and check out what it says in the King James Version or any other version... You're more than willing to do that. But if you write down the scriptures, and of course we've already discussed several different uh, prayer requests, you could write those down as well to give you uh, something to pray about this week. All right, so in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, you want to turn there, I'm going to look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to open your word and to learn from what you have to say to us as your people. Ask that you would guide us through the word this morning. Give us the uh, uh, spirit or a heart to chase the truth that we can find in it, that it will be a benefit to our soul. And while we're talking on 2022, guide us through this year to where you'd have us to be. We know you never leave us nor forsake us. You'll be there no matter what we do or say. You're not going to change. It's up to us to line up with the truth you have for us. So guide us, we pray this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I doubt that too many of you here have an everyday version, but Mike should have it up there. And in verse uh, 1 of 2 Corinthians 3, it says, We are starting to brag about ourselves again. Or are we starting to brag about ourselves again? That's a question. Paul's asking the people in Corinth. Now, you have to understand that he's already written one letter to the people in Corinth if you, uh, a little while earlier. I don't want to put a date on it or anything. He wrote 1 Corinthians before he wrote 2 Corinthians. How about that stuff? All right? So he's already talked to them in that letter. You know, now, i got to tell you something. That was a pretty powerful letter he wrote in 1 Corinthians. You know how I know? Because I can preach out of it in 2022 and still get help to people of what they need to do to be right with God in a letter that he wrote back in A.D. 56. Wow. So it must have been right on target. But anyway, he says, are we starting to brag about ourselves? And again, you have to read it, the whole context of the letter, and, and you'll find out what he's talking about there. Do we need letters of introduction to you or from you, like some other people? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Now, the letter he's talking about there in the King James Version is called an epistle. Okay? But it says in verse 3, You show that you are a letter from Christ sent through us. This letter is not written with ink, 
but with the spirit of the living God. It is not written on stone tablets, but on human hearts. We can say this because through Christ, we feel certain before God. We are not saying that we can do this work ourselves. It is God who makes us able to do all that we do. He made us able to be servants of the new agreement from himself to his people. This new agreement is not a written law, but it is of the Spirit. The written law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. All right, now we're going to talk here, and of course the, the thought I want to bring in as far as 2022 is, you guys are all letters. So your life is a letter. People's going to read your life. Amen? They're going to understand what you believe by the way you conduct your life. As if it was written across your forehead what you believe. Amen? Now, we could all have a neon sign up there that reads across to like in front of the banks, what they do tells you the time and temperature and tells you a little slogan or whatnot to, about the interest rates or anything at the bank. But if we all had to carry, man, that'd be heavy to carry around. Plus, if it ever shorted out, you might get shocked. So we wouldn't want to have to live under that pressure, would we? But I want you to know that I chose to use the everyday version of this portion of Scripture because it's easier to follow on this particular topic than what I found people understanding in the King James Version. There are some words in the King James Version that the translators, if you would, translated them into English in words it's hard for us to comprehend because what took place in uh, 1611 of the King James Version is not the way we talk in 2022. Amen? Now, they didn't have a whole lot of problems, if you would, with a lot of things that we think are major sins or major issues. They didn't even deal with them back in 1611. Hmm. Now, the, the hardcore ones are. The Ten Commandments were. They're all the same. They've never changed. And we're going to cover that here in just a little bit. So the reason I went to the, this version is to help us grasp what I believe God wants us to understand going forward in 20. 22. Amen? First of all, uh, it says here that uh, are we starting to brag about ourselves in uh, this particular version? Well, what Paul, Paul's talking about there is Paul laid down some pretty harsh statements in the first letter he wrote to them. Amen? He wanted to straighten them out. Guess what it did? It straightened a lot of them out. Amen? He told them, don't do that. Don't act like that. And guess what? Before he could write the second letter, they read the first letter and said, I'm not going to be like that no more. That's a good thing to do, right? If somebody tells you what you should be doing and you do it, man, that's great. So what he says here, God has a work for each of us to do in 2022, but it's not for bragging rights. Amen. If you only do what you do for the church, because everybody will see you and know, we know what the Bible says about that. It's not about bragging rights, but it's for the glory of God and the praise of God. Now, Paul's writing this letter, if you would, to the church at Corinth. And, of course, you know he's already wrote one letter to them. 
as well, personally, he has visited this church several times. If you go to the book of Acts and read the book of Acts, and he had three different missionary journeys he went to. All of them started in Jerusalem. All of them finished in Jerusalem before he was taken away to Rome and, and uh, they removed his head from his shoulders. Uh, that happens sometimes. All right? Especially to people that stand for the word of God. So in all of his missionary journeys, even if he went to Macedonia, the scripture says, when I leave Macedonia, I want to come back through Corinth. I might even spend the winter with you on my way to Jerusalem. Now, it's one thing to have somebody stop in for a snack or a meal, spend the night a night or two and a, and a continental breakfast, but when he says, I'm going to stay for three months, hmm, well, Christians had no problem with that in the first century. They didn't have hotels. They didn't have Arby's. They didn't have anything they could go to quickly, but they were open and welcoming because they knew that's what the Scripture taught they should be. We should welcome our brothers. We should love our brothers and sisters. We should do what we can to help. They didn't have a welfare system. Somebody lost their companion. What did they do? They rallied around them, helped them get through. Amen. That was just normal procedure. Amen. I hear from a lot of countries around the world yet today. And I know it comes from India also. That when somebody in the family has a death or a problem, man, you can't hardly get them all in the house for everybody that wants to come and comfort and be, a, you know, during the grieving process. And even if they have problems, man, they don't write to the government and say, I need a 1400 stimulus check. They help one another. They work together. Well, that's the way the first church First century church was. They helped one another. And every time Paul went on a missionary trip, it seems like he had to pass through Corinth, either going in or going out. So many of the first churches were people that took it upon themselves to teach the gospel without any, if you would, background or teachings or seminary classes or any other, if you would, instruction of any kind to be the teacher. Sometimes um, the person who uh, offered their home, just like Begin's dad did, he had Sunday school in his home. Now, they had a pretty good-sized congregation at his home, the way I understand it, for the size of home that they had. He said their entire home, square foot-wise, is smaller than our kitchen downstairs. And yet, every weekend, here they come. They turn nobody away. Amen? That's kind of the way it was. Now, I don't know whether his dad went to seminary or not. Don't know if he took any classes or any extra books on how to preach or how to be a Sunday school teacher. Don't know. Now, you can ask begging later if you want. But I know he was, had his mind open to allow those people come in, and they had Bible study in their house. Amen? Well, that's kind of the way I see this church in 1 Corinthians. But this was a church, Corinth, was a seaside, if you would, right on the Mediterranean Sea, right on the coast. And it was a major shipping point of bringing things from every other country in the world to Corinth to be distributed through the rest of the country there. All right, so and a lot of the products from that country went back to Corinth, got on the ships to take them to everywhere else in the world. And they had people from all different countries, 
come in, all different languages, all kinds of different ideas in their head about what God is or what God is not. Uh, And so they needed some kind of structure or some kind of teaching or somebody to bring some glue to that church as to what God really expected of them. Amen. But when you get many different teachers... And they all have a tendency to tell the gospel the way they see it. That's still true in 2022. There are still people that teach things as they see it. You can go to them, talk to them about it. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't preach that. That's not what I am. They'll do it anyway because they think God has showed it to them, and that's okay. But many of the doctrines uh, were starting to decline in importance in that church at Corinth. And Paul took it upon himself to help them by writing them letters and showing them the truth that those doctrines were based on. Amen. It's still true today. There are are people that don't like certain doctrines. They don't have any part of them, you know. We have feet washing service. They don't show up. They don't want no part of that. That's that. I don't wash nobody's dirty feet. Yeah, well... That's up to them. They have to answer for that. But in the church that we read in Corinth, in the first letter he read, they did have troubles that they couldn't get over. Now remember, it's not only a church of all the different cultures, if you would, of the world, but then in the first century, the main hang-up was there was two groups of people. There were the Jews, and then there was everybody else, the Gentiles. Amen? Amen. And so the Jews kind of had a feeling because of how God had treated them in history up to that point. They were God's favorite people. So they already knew how they were supposed to act. And some of them acted like that. And some of them acted contrary. And not, not maybe what God was intending for them to do. But they had issues. One of the issues was circumcision. When you get saved, should you be circumcised or not? Now in the Old Testament, the Jews all had to be circumcised. Amen. Right? All right. I preached on circumcision a lot long ago. Amen. It shows me that God wants us to have skin in the game. All right. Then we had to preach on the Lord's Supper. That went over pretty good, didn't it, Steve? Anyway, the Lord's Supper was a problem. He had to address it. You can go back to the 10th and 11th chapter and you'll read where he had to straighten out what they thought of the Lord's Supper. Uh, one good thing that we did get out of their teaching was he said their teachings or their services or their Sunday school or whenever the church was to meet was always on the first day of the week. That's a problem because the Jews always met on the Sabbath day. But it was liberating for the Jews because according to the Jewish law, they had conformed their teaching down to if you can't work on the Sabbath day, you can't travel. And so they define travel as five-eighths of a mile. And if you lived more than five-eighths of a mile from the church, you couldn't go there because that'd be work to get there and get back home. That's too far. That's too much walking. I don't know whether they had Fitbits on or what they did to measure their steps, but nonetheless, that was a law that the Pharisees stuck real firmly to, and it was one of the stabbing points they gave Jesus for breaking the Sabbath day law. And so he straightened them out, if you would, on the Lord's Supper. It's pretty clear. Usually when we speak before the Lord's Supper here, I take my text. 
from that particular chapter in uh, 1 Corinthians. Then he had problems with adultery and marriage. Still hadn't changed much today. Amen. Um, the whole fifth chapter in there is about a, or no, seventh chapter, sorry. But it's about a, a, a son that wants to have a relationship with his stepmom. You know, well, excuse me. But anyway, that's just getting off there. Then he has two chapters in that book or in that letter about spiritual gifts and what they're for, what, how they're supposed to be used. Then he has another chapter in there where he explains to be about meat that's offered to idols. Amen? We don't worry about that anymore. We don't worry about whether meat was sacrificed for a god of wood, hay, or stone. We don't worry about that anymore because now we go to Kroger. Amen? And if you're a good hunter, amen, you might have some deer meat. That's good stuff. Amen. And by the way, do you know what an Indian calls a bad hunter? A vegetarian. All right. Nonetheless, we have a lot of the things where the Gentiles and the Jews had differences of opinion. They even had different cultures in that particular church in Corinth. And a lot of things Paul settled them down on and got them on track in that. Um, in my Bible, reading it from cover to cover, when I got to 1 Corinthians this year, I wanted to read the whole thing straight through in a letter. Just as if Paul wrote that letter and sent it to them. Those 16 chapters, I wanted to sit down and read it in one setting and keep in mind what he's trying to say as we walk through it. It made more sense to me when I did it that way. Now, I know your, your pocket calendar breaks it up a little bit different than that. And, of course, then I got so much out of reading that letter in one setting, if you would. I did the same thing with 2 Corinthians. Now, it's a little bit shorter and went a little quicker, but I did it in one setting and read through it and I, when I got through it, I could understand what Paul was trying to say to those people. Now, Paul didn't have an ax to grind with them because they were going their way or doing it their, their thing or whatever. He just wanted God to introduce the truth to them so they had a way of, uh, if you would, nailing down their salvation in how God wanted them to go because of so many of their issues dealt with uh, the different things to get the saints to see the truth on those particular issues. So when I read it in one setting, I got a whole lot more out of it and not so much yelling about the wrong that they were doing, but much more encouragement in the second letter. Amen? So that's why Paul is saying in the first verse, we're not here to brag about what we wrote in the first verse, but we're glad it helped you get settled in your experience. Amen? It was much more encouraging in the second letter, and if you read it from cover to cover in one sitting, you'll find that probably to be true. And they learned the right things they had learned, and they obeyed what they learned from the first letter and carried it on uh, moving forward. So when Paul reminds them of their accomplishments here in, in uh, the third chapter here that we're talking about, he reminds them of how good they've done since he wrote the first letter, and he asks them if they need an introduction to him of who he is because some of the things he said to them probably rubbed them the wrong way. But then when they saw the truth of it, it turned them around. You know, some of the people didn't get to meet Paul. 
but they got to read the letter. Amen. So when they came, amen, Paul says, do I need to be introduced to you? No. We know who you are because we've read your letter. Amen. So when you get to that place, you don't need any kind of letter or introduction or a letter of accommodations. We've got your teaching. We know what you think. We know what you're saying. In other words, Paul is saying, do you remember when I spoke to you? And when I sent you that first letter to you because I'm glad to see the progress that you have as saints in your life. Paul's saying, you are doing well. Amen. We need to keep moving forward. The second uh, verse there, should I need any letters to tell you who I am? No, don't need that. Because each of you who are here there, they have a letter, but where is that letter written? On their heart. Not the letter that Paul sent them. They read the letter that Paul sent. They got the understanding from it. And what happens when the word of God is read? God interprets that before it gets to your ears and into your brain and into your heart. And God's spirit can write on your heart the truth about what's being said there. Amen. So as I look around the congregation this morning, I see people that I pastored, some of them for 16 years or more. And I can say with a clear conscience, I've seen what the Spirit of God has written on some of your hearts because it changed the way you respond to the Word and with each other and operate within the church and your relationship, not only with the church but with the pastor. Amen? It'll have that kind of an effect on you. I just want to say, is there anyone listening to me this morning that can say that they have never had God speak to them uh, as the gospel was being preached here at Faith Christian Fellowship? Whether it was by me or someone else, when the word of God is preached, it should talk to your heart. And if it talks to your heart, it's your responsibility not only to accept it, but to live it out day by day. Remember now, you're a letter written for everyone to read. Amen? So if you haven't had the Spirit of God speak to you, shame on you because it's not my fault. Amen? If he didn't speak anything else but to tell you how dumb dude is, that's little, he's still speaking to you. Amen? But you need to take heed to what's being taught when the Word of God's open because there are issues in your life that he'll help you with. Amen? I have preached messages and then went to the back door to shake everybody's hand or greet people as they leave or just be a, what pastors be. And they say, man, that was a great message. I learned so much about, I didn't even preach on that. I have no idea where they got that thought from what I preached that morning. Yeah, I, 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 hey, I was jumping and praising God for it. You know why? Because what I say don't matter. It's what God says that matters. Amen? That's just the way it is. And I have to tell you, I have had that same testimony. I have been in services where the guy was preaching on one thing and God spoke to me 
totally oblivious to what he was saying, if you would, and got some truth to me, and I got the, my nose in the Bible, and well, that is true. Amen. You just never know what God's going to do uh, if you just listen to the Word of God. But the issue is, you and I are lives that are a letter or an epistle written and read of everyone you meet. Amen? Remember now, when you meet somebody you never met before, you only get one chance to make a first impression. They're going to judge you, for the most part, on that impression you make. You need to make sure you're living to the letter that God wrote on your heart so they don't get a wrong impression of what you really understand and want to be in the kingdom of God. But if we continue to work with God, week in, week out, from time to time, we're going to have to say or do something that would alter that first impression if they got it wrong. Amen? Now, I've had people come to me after they knew me for a little while. I said, you know, when I first met you, I thought you was. But now that I've been around you, that ain't what you are at all. Now, why they got that first impression, I don't know. Maybe my hair was too long or my hair was too short or I was too fat or I was too skinny. I have no idea what it was. Amen. I got plenty of hair now. How about that? And so uh, I need to just do what God wants me to do. One of the greatest things that keeps a pastor going is to see spiritual growth in those that are sitting under his messages when God sounds the voice in the congregation where he's called to work. Amen. I want to see you guys do better. Amen. That's why I spend the hours I do spend in preparing, in reading, in studying, and doing whatever. Amen. So Paul is saying in verse number three, you Corinthians, you are real letters that I've written. Because, not because of what he wrote, but because how God interpreted it into their hearts and made them the Christians they need to be. Amen. Do you know that everywhere you go, there's going to be people that find out that you have a testimony and that you're a Christian, and you attend Faith Christian Fellowship. Now, if they've never been here before, you could say what you want about your church or your pastor or whatever, and they're going to take that, and they're going to make a decision. I don't think I ever want to go there and listen to that old fat guy. I need to just do my own thing, go my own way. You know. Well, it's because they're reading the letter that you have written on your heart and we need to make sure that that's something that they want to see through the lens of your testimony even if they judge faith Christian fellowship they read it from your letter and through your life amen I gotta tell you a story now this has been a while back so uh, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna tell you any names some of you probably don't know them anyway it don't matter but there was this uh, uh, couple that had a problem, and their problem was uh, that the wife was, a, was an alcoholic. She drank a lot, but I would have never known it because I never seen her unless we would have went out to dinner and she ordered some wine with her pizza or steak or whatever. You know, just small, that ain't going to hurt nothing, right? A little glass, pfft, no big deal, right? But secretly, 
She had stash all over the place. Her husband didn't know about it or was oblivious to it or willingly ignorant to it. But she was drinking and got way out of control. So she finally came to the conclusion she needed to get straightened out. So she went to a special whatever, AA and whatever, detox, whatever, you know, got all this counsel and all that, attend to AA meetings, and I'm not throwing off on those folks, don't get me wrong, uh, but I, there is something better than AA. I, I just got to say that. Well, anyway, they found a church to go to, and she really liked it. Man, it was wonderful. It was close, and boy, everybody there was just happy. Well, she was going to the AA meetings, and they met at that church. Amen. In the basement of the church is where AA took place. Convenient. Plenty of tables and chairs. Amen. I've been to an AA meeting. I went with my, my uh, stepdaughter. Or we, what would I call her? Well, whatever. But anyway... Anyway, we went, I went with her, and of course, you know, they had to wake me up when it was over because it was boring as all get out to me. But uh, some people find strength in going to AA meetings and sharing their burdens with everybody else who's got the same burden, if you would. So um, one time, she asked her husband to go with her. He went to the meeting. It was at the church, and that was pretty cool. He thought, man, this is great outreach for the church. And guess what? Then they, he went with her to church the next Sunday. And he looked around and said, they were in the AA meeting. 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 This church must be a bunch of AAers. Amen. You know what? He hadn't been back to that church since. What do you think of that? Well, you got to be careful about what foot you step forward and how you're trying to do. Now, I'm sure they're trying to to get their lives straightened out in that AA, but it sure did leave a bad taste in his mouth because he wasn't an alcoholic. He just went to support his wife for that one meeting and then went to church to support her there. And man, he said, I don't want no part of it. Amen. Now, if your letter is inviting, they may even want to come and check out Faith Christian Fellowship. But if your letter says to them, I can do that good by myself. They're not going to waste the gas to get here. Amen. So you have to show them that we have something that God can do in our lives that makes us the Christian he wants us to be. Now, don't get me wrong. There are Christians around all of us that don't attend Faith Christian Fellowship, and that's okay. I'd witness to people and tell them they need to get saved if they never come to this church for service. Amen? Amen. We won Paul and Kelly. You know how? I invited them to Chili Cook-Off. They've been here ever since. Well, not today, but... Uh, but nonetheless, you don't know what's going to work on somebody's life. You don't know what's going to open the door. Uh, I understand all of that. Paul says that the letters that is read uh, by the people there that he wrote, they're not written with ink. Now they read, they did have letters that were written with ink, and those weren't the ones that really inspired the people to get their lives straightened out. It was the ones they saw that were written without ink on the hearts of the people that took the understanding that God had sent their way. Amen? So when he says these 
uh, letters were not written with ink. They were written with the Spirit of the living God. People take note of that. Amen? And Paul further says these letters are, not, are written on a stone. They're not written on a stone. What did that mean to the Jews? What letters were written on stones? The Ten Commandments. Amen. And Moses got them off the mountain, and he brought them down, didn't even get to the foot of the hill, if you would, and broke them. God had to make a second copy. Amen. They must have had a fantastic copy machine there on Mount Sinai. He just ran him off another copy on a couple more stones. Well, that's what would have registered with the Jews. Now, I have no problem with anybody that wants to live by the Ten Commandments. I think we should. Amen. I think they're good. Now, I know there's one that I think uh, Jesus even, uh, if you would, in his ministry, kind of stifled if a little bit, and that would be the Sabbath day, and that became more of a, a Pharisee kind of commandment that they focused on. Now, did they, Jesus believe in resting or uh, giving time to God? Yes, he did, but it wasn't to the traditions that the Pharisees and Sadducees attached to that particular commandment. Amen? Now, this is uh, something that the Jewish believers would have understood, and uh, being a Christian, it's not only about the Ten Commandments, the ones written on stone, but it's about what the Spirit of God has spoken to you in your personal relationship of salvation and your daily walk with God. That means more to God than whether you never cuss, never steal, never do anything else that uh, is in the Ten Commandments. But we do need to go, if you would, and move a little farther in what the Word of God teaches and how the Spirit of God handles it. As a pastor, I don't want to break any of those Ten Commandments. But do, uh, I do want to let my light shine so that others can see God's anointing on my letter. I think Paul uses the phrase about these Corinthians as his epistles or letter because in the first century, the church in Corinth, Paul's letters were used to preach the gospel there. Even today, we're using his letters in any type of surface we want to talk about. That Today, we need to know the path of righteousness, and those letters can help us find that. Paul is accredited with writing over a third of the New Testament. You leave the Gospels out, and he wrote more than half of the remaining New Testament. And those scriptures were written to guide our lives, not to brag about, well, he says in verse 1, to be what we need to be in bragging, but as he says it in verse number 5, not to do this work for ourselves, but God is who makes us able to do all we do. Amen? Now, let's just do the math. I got my math scholar over here. And let's just say I pastored Faith Christian Fellowship for 16 years. And I preach 50 sermons a year. That's how many? 800 sermons. Now, I know y'all haven't been here for all 800 of them. Amen? You probably have heard enough of them, and you probably heard sermons from someone else. Now, the notes for those 800 sermons are in my basement. 
some in a pile over here, some in a pile over there, and some on my desk, and some stuffed away. <clears throat> I don't have a filing system, I have a piling system. So I pile them up wherever I find room. Amen? Now, is anybody interested in going to my house and pulling them out and reading them? <clears throat> I doubt it. If you can even read my, every one of them is in cursive, and a lot of people can't even read that anymore. But they're in cursive in my handwriting. It's sloppy as it can be. But I seem to be able to work that way. It works for me. Now, I know there are other people that do different, and that's fine, but that works for me. But I know you're not a least bit interested. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to start using those notes and put them to good use so I can start fires in my fireplace. Amen? But here we have all these messages that I preach, all these notes that I have, but would you rather see me live it? Or would you rather have my notes and read them for yourself? Amen. Of course you would. Amen. Now, I'm just a little old preacher in a little old city with many people in it. And then I... Uh, our city even has a lot of preachers in it. Our county has many preachers in it. Our state has a bunch of preachers. Our country has a lot of preachers. And there's a lot of preachers around the world that probably have preached as much as I have or maybe even more. And so what we need to understand, the statement that Jesus said is still true. The gospel's for everyone, and yet few there be that find it. That's a sad notation on us as letters as we walk our lives in front of these people. They need to be able to see what we're living and standing for in our lives. That's why your letter is so important in 2022. Amen? Without you letting your light shine, they won't read your letter. Amen? Now, your neighbor, he's probably thankful that you obey the Ten Commandments. Amen. He's glad you don't steal from him. He's glad you don't covet what he has. Amen. He's glad you don't lie to him. But they need to look beyond those tables of stone in your life and see the letter the Spirit of God has written on your heart. Amen. For example... They're more interested in your love, your compassion, your willingness to help, your willingness to smile, your willingness to be a good neighbor to them. If you never talk to them about the Ten Commandments, they understand when you show them love in what you're doing for them. Amen. I've got people that drive by now. I've been retired from Sears and work on lawnmowers in my garage and I've been doing that since 2016. Wow, that's a long time, isn't it? Man, no wonder I'm tired. Nonetheless, when I'm out in the garage, every car that goes by, unless I'm carrying something, I give them the old, I'm here. I had one neighbor come by one day, says, your arm's tired? I said, what do you mean? He said, you wave at everybody. <laughs> yeah, and now, after five years or more of that, there are people that turn the corner and wave even if I'm not out there. I, they didn't even see me, but they wave anyway because I've set that, if you would, as my calling card, so to speak. Amen. That's true. Amen. 
So I want to make that first impression that they have of me count. Amen? And then if I get a chance to share something with them. I've had people come by that stop by and say, my lawnmower's not running right. Well, how'd they know I, I was somebody they could trust or somebody I, they could count on? Well, number one, it's on the Internet everywhere. Amen. You can go in my next-door neighbor area and say, I need my lawnmower fixed. You'll see it pop up, Dude Evans, and my phone number. Amen. Mike will tell you, he's seen it several times, and he always sends me a note. Uh-oh, somebody's looking for a repairman. They're going to call you. Well, good. I hope I can help them. But in doing all of that, I want to do the best I can to be the letter that God's written on my heart so when I do speak to them, I'm not one of those grumpy old guys who say, ah, take your junk somewhere else. Bonnie gets after me because I work on some things that probably aren't worth what they weigh. Amen? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And I do my best to help those people. And there are even widows that couldn't afford a lawnmower. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll get you one. Amen. That's just what I think a Christian would do. Now, I can't do that with everybody or I would go broke even more broke than Bonnie's got me now. But so we need to make sure that we do what we could. And we need to be that letter, that epistle, where all epistles written by the hand of God. Now look with me over in, um, I'm going to turn over to 2 Peter. Here I think I'll just read this because the time has gotten away. I'm just going to read it. Now I want you to know that when I study a word, um, I usually look it up in the strongest concordance. Now, the word epistles in the plural are the two that I'm focusing on today, and I'm going to read that to you. It's going to be in the everyday, but that's the only two places where the word epistle is written in the Bible in the plural form. Now, there's several others that are in the singular form, but in the plural form, this is what Paul had to say about, or I'm sorry, Peter had to say about it. And we're reading in the third chapter of 2 Peter, starting in verse number 14 through the end of that chapter. Dear friends, boy, it's nice to be called a friend, isn't it? Amen. Peter didn't want to run nobody. You're my friend. Hey, buddy. You know? Dear friends, since you're waiting for this to happen, of course, you, you know if you read prior to that, he's talking about the second coming of Christ there. So while we're waiting on the second coming of Christ, you dear friends, do your best to be without sin and without fault. Do your best. It's a job. You've got to work at it. Amen. You'll have more trials and tribulations tomorrow than you had today. So you've got to do your best. Try to be at peace with God. Remember... Remember that we are saved because the Lord is patient. <coughs> How does he know that? Our dear brother Paul told you the same thing when he wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Whoa. Peter's even saying the letters that Paul wrote, they're full of godly wisdom. Oh, that's pretty cool. Amen. He writes about this in all his letters. Some things in Paul's letters are hard to understand, and people who are ignorant and weak in faith explain these things falsely. Whoa. 
Well, that's a good thing to have it written down. Then you can go back and check your notes if you would. All right? They also falsely explain the other scriptures, but they are destroying themselves by doing that. That's why it's important for you to write your own letter directed by the Spirit of God. Because if you get it falsely, you're going to have a false letter going out or a false impression of your life. Now wrap it up, begin in verse 17, he says it again. Dear friends, just like he said in verse 14, since you already know about this, be careful. Do not let those evil people lead you away by the wrong they do. Be careful so you will not fall into the, the in, fall from your strong faith. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory be to him now and forever. Amen. Amen. You can go home and read that in your King James if you want. You can look it up in other translations. That's a pretty encouraging part of Scripture there. While you're waiting on Jesus to come back, that's what he said you should do. Don't listen to false teachers. Listen to people that teach the gospel the way it should be taught. Amen? But I want to come to grips with uh, what we carry around called a Bible. Amen? It's the Bible. It's God's Word. Anybody that has one will tell you. There's no mistakes in it. It's infallible. It's the best book they ever read. Amen? So if you have read it once and laid it aside, your memory's going to start playing tricks on you as you listen to what other people say about the book. Amen? That's why we need to read it for ourselves. Amen? But if others never read the Bible, they should know what's in it if they watch your life. You should be an epistle written and ready to declare the truth of God's Word by the way you live. Now, as a young preacher years ago, I made a statement in a sermon that if you don't read your Bible, the Bible just becomes another book. Well, somebody heard me say, the Bible's just another book. They didn't leave it in the context where I read it. And they started spreading it around the congregation that that's what I said. Well, it came back to me that that's what I said. Well, back then in the old days, remember the little cassette tapes? You ain't seen one of them in years, have you? Well, back then we recorded everything on a cassette tape. And thank God. I could go back and pull out that tape say, you need to listen to what I said. I didn't say the Bible is just another book. But if you don't read it, it's like you're treating it as another book. That's what I said. Amen. So here we go. We made sure that they understood that. And if your book um, is not being read, if your Bible's not being read, all it's doing is collecting dust with the rest of the books on your bookshelf. Amen. So you need to make sure you take time to read what's in the Word of God. So, so some of them, he says in this, are teaching the Bible falsely. 
In other words, just like another book. Amen. It's just their opinion of what the Bible says. That's a wrong way to interpret it. You need to have the Holy Spirit interpret it to you, not take your own interpretation and put it uh, into that. But I still believe that it's true. That So don't let the Bible become just another book to you. Make it the Word of God. Challenge yourself to read it. Challenge yourself to live it in 2022. Every one of us has a right to think for himself and to make clear choices based on what we believe is true. But the wisest among us will read the epistles written by the anointed Holy Spirit on the anointed men and women of God, whether written in ink or written on their hearts, and know what is truly being said. Roy Rogers said it this way, I'd rather see a sermon as to read one any day. So our goal in 2022 should be to connect not only with the written epistle first and then be an epistle that others can read our lives in 2022 and understand how God can work in someone's life to make them the child of God they need to be. Amen? Amen. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it.